And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fourth episode, I think, of the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Obviously, this is the first time you've seen our faces. If this works and makes it to the internet, it'll be a miracle. I got a fire hazard in my kitchen. Tyler's sitting there drinking protein shakes. It's 4.30 in the afternoon, local time. I'm already drinking because this was a stressful thing to set up. So, uh, you know, hopefully this makes it to the airwaves. Uh, but, you know, we got all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. The elections happened since we last spoke. Don't really want to get into the politics. But we talk about how just asinine some of the things going on are in regard to that. Uh, our man, Alex Trebek, has passed away. So it's obviously super sad news. Everybody's got some cool Jeopardy stories. Uh, Tar Heels schedules out. Tar Heels mashed Duke last game. Um, you know, just all kinds of stuff going on. So we're going to uh, get down to it and who knows where it's going to go. What's up, T? What's up, everybody? Uh, it's Big Dog here. Uh, not a lot uh, sitting in here uh, in my condo. Uh, nice little, uh, I think it's Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, just a uh, nice little weather. Uh, but uh, Big Tar Heel win uh, over the weekend too. So yeah, just always a good time and just throttle Duke. Um, although it's, you know, I don't even understand why people get excited about that anymore. Um, the, uh, the Bachelorettes tonight, and, and just so everybody out there in uh, Sleep Hawk Nation knows, like last week we got together on a, uh, on a Zoom call, and, and uh, I didn't realize – well, I did realize, I guess, that the Bachelorette was 40, and then as soon as we got on there, which, I, you know, I was shooting her down in the first episode – uh, should have done that. Uh, she looked great. Uh, obviously, batshit crazy. Understand that. Um, but now she's gone. And I didn't really pay much attention to it. Uh, don't really remember what the other girl's name is. She's pretty too. But man, wow. Uh, I haven't been missing anything for the last 20 years of the show or whatever. Yeah, and then, you know, I disagree. Uh, you know, what we did is someone found love. And, uh, yeah, it took a while. It took her only – I don't know how many times she's been on The Bachelorette Bachelor. But, I mean, and, you know, we can talk about how many guys have made an attempt at that and how many guys have has, have fully, uh, fully evolved. But I don't think anybody's hit the connection that her and Dell have. And I'm super happy uh, that – her and Dell finally found love, and uh, you finally. know, it took a fifteen I, minutes. Well, I mean, Dell's a youngin, uh, and uh, you know, uh, she's been she's been through she's she's climbed some mountains, and uh, she, I think I think when the the season hit, Dale's about to climb two mountains. Yeah, Dale's got, got out of the show. Yeah, Dale's got his hands full, and uh, <laughs> I will say one thing I noticed is when. Uh, is um when uh i noticed two things just say it but yeah one thing you noticed well i've noticed a couple things too but let's say there's been some work in the progress but you know the one thing the peak of the whole bachelorette thing was when she said because i didn't settle for guys like him whenever she kicked that guy off and she made the i guess it was dodgeball and the the winners or losers had to strip, uh, which is totally acceptable nowadays in 2020, it seems like. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But the guy said, hey, that's disrespectful. Uh, you know, I came on here for love. And, you know, and 
And when she said, you know what, and he left and she came back and told the crew, I'm not selling for guys like that. And then she went and got Dell and uh, they've been hemmed up ever since. And I think they're going to ride off into the sunset and uh, looking down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if they have seven or eight kids and fully in love here in about 15, 20 years. And I think it's going to be a magical story. And on top of that, the new one that they brought in is ready to start fire. And I think the guys are desperate for attention after going through whatever they went with, went through with what, I don't even know her name. Uh, it's a strange name. Um, I don't think it's actually that strange, but it's an uncommon one. Yeah, it's, it's something that didn't catch me. And I didn't, I didn't care to learn. But the new one coming on is I'm ready. And she's, uh, she's much better. She's more attractive, in my opinion. Um, but I hope she finds love. And I hope she gives everyone a fair chance on that because they deserve it. I give the first marriage, uh, that chick and that dude, I give it, you know, um, I'm going to say 36 months. And that's on the high side. Uh, definitely think this chick is more of a keeper, the new one. Uh, although I got to be honest, man, I was watching, I had three things going on at the same time. What was it? Uh, I was watching the election stuff like everybody else for 92 straight hours. I was watching a football game on my iPad and the other one on my cell phone. And, you know, I was only half pants. I didn't even know about the dodgeball thing, but, uh, yeah, they always have some gimmicky shit on there and, and, and these dudes are all like shredded. So it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, my favorite part was the guy's, uh, titles, like what they do for a living. The one dude was like, a. uh, a zookeeper or some shit like he was i can't even remember what it was a, wild, a, a, a wildlife something or another yeah uh, i was like okay uh are you like watered plants or some shit for a living yeah, when, you deep, when you dive deep into the whole process we got a fact checker here at S- shww i was just informed her name is claire and uh that's the first one though claire was the first one that's the one she's gone. She gone she's yeah. in the clear she found love she's gone but when you dive, dive deep into what these guys do uh, this guy is a pest control agent, and uh, I think that was uh, that was a pretty unique spin for that. But um, you know, he's there to find love too. And, Fortunately, uh, the light shuttered out my dead basil in the windowsill, which is probably why I can't make it onto the uh, to the bachelor. But uh, yeah, man, maybe I'm just a hater. You know, I mean, here I am um, to live my own real life bachelorette or bachelor or whatever it is. Um, you know, so a uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't be caught just fucking dead on that show. Now, maybe the one with the girls and the one guy, like I could see myself in that sort of environment, but man, there is just no way you'd, I would ever be caught dead. I mean, it'd take a lot of money to get me yeah. uh, in that house. You, you know, you open, your, you open yourself up to vulnerabilities and uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's, 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 uh, it's not easy to do, especially in front of all of America or the world. Uh, but the one guy that really kind of is like, I felt bad for this guy, the guy that has a beard and uh, looked like they took some guy out of a cardboard uh, home in the middle of San Francisco and just said, hey, you want to be on The Bachelorette? And he said, yeah, sure. Okay, and we'll put some clothes on. And so they put him in quarantine. And this guy has never opened up the way he did. He opened up to Claire and they, they screamed oh, in the desert right. in the, yeah. the mountain peaks. And now he's got to go through this process again. And when I heard him talk about that, whenever Claire picked Dell, my heart sank because that guy opened himself up to vulnerability. 
and like he's never done before. And I really felt bad for that. But the fact checker just said, uh, Tayesha, Tayesha, Listen, if you're going to give me these names, we got to go ahead and put some pronunciation behind these. Yeah, our fact checker is uh, uh, Tyler's resident girlfriend, Savita. Uh, is uh, I mean, she might as well um, she might as well produce and directed the show. Yeah, but uh, t- Ta- um, Taisha, Tisha, Taisha, Taisha, Taisha. Yep, that's the name. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to Taisha, and I think it's going to be very interesting. My my favorite part of all of it. Is, is I was paying attention, you know, because I was in and out. We're Zooming, you know, um, and uh, uh, my dog is just going to absolutely ruin this. She's in here, uh, like, just begging. I got her locked into my bedroom where there's carpet, so we don't hear her clicking around with a uh, one of those accordion things that you dry your clothes on, and all she's doing is just standing there wagging her tail, like, begging to get out. Finley's um, a great dog, by the she way. She is a great dog. She's not podcast-friendly at all, however. No. Um, the... Uh, my favorite part of the whole thing was when the, the chick said she was leaving. Claire says she's leaving, right? And the host comes out. Of course, this show is just like drama, a volcano of drama. Mm-hmm. Just waiting to erupt before every commercial, right? And <laughs> they walk out and they're like, hey, man, she's leaving. Like Dale, you know, swung his dick around and, and, uh, and she's gone, dude. And so this one dude's like, oh, like, oh, no, like, I'm vulnerable. I open my son. They're all, like, half crying and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's like, you got a choice, you know? You can leave or you can stay here. And I'd have been like, you know, these guys, I started laughing. I'm like, dude, these guys are all acting like they're going to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Or they might. Or they got, a lot, like, a real hard decision to make. Like, bro, you're going to be famous for as long as you're on this show, and then that's it. Like, ship is sailed. Name one guy. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, our fact checker could name one. But the once you're off of that show, bro, that star is burned out. Yeah, Gone. he didn't want to go back to getting rid of termites. He knows what he wants to do. Go back out dressed, right? And they all yeah. show up dressed to look like they're in a Joseph A. Bank commercial. These yeah. motherfuckers walk out with their suits on. They didn't hire personal trainers for uh, 15 months and eat right, do a diet, just to uh, take yeah. their shirts off in front of America and just give up after here. Two or three weeks. Oh man, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just a, uh, it was just. I mean, but look, I'm watching tonight. I'm in, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I've been, uh, you know, shooting my shot here and there where I can, you know. And I'm, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, it's a. Uh, I think it's a big plus. I think girls really are intrigued when you like. I, I name drop Dale to this mm-hmm. girl that, like, you know, I'm trying to holler at and. Dude, she was she was she was loving. I've never met her yet, so I mean, obviously, she's uh, not that into it. So maybe I'm wasting my time too. But you know, it's just uh, it's comical, man. Girls and the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. I just never understand it. It's like Bravo and the and the Kardashians and all that sort of stuff. It's like, but you do watch it. I mean, as a guy, yeah. you watch this shit, and it's like, man, I I, I honestly can't look away. Um, I get it. It's the stupidest thing on television. Yeah, I mean, we all have our our shows or whatever, our board TV where we're clicking through. Uh, I remember growing up, I used to watch a lot of cops and uh, I'm pretty sure they're not playing that on the airways now. Uh, That would be pretty controversial because I not. That was actually a big deal. They just got rid of it. Now they're addressing some things, but uh, I mean, good. (laughs) I mean, they'd have you on the edge of your seat. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what didn't have you on the edge of your seat and what wasn't Nearly as bad as the Bachelorette was the football game last night. I know you don't watch a lot of football. Dude, it was the Jets and the Patriots. It was a dumpster fire. 
The Jets are 0 and 8 going in. The 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 the, the um Patriots are two and five, I think. Cam Newton's the quarterback. He had literally thrown two touchdowns and seven interceptions. They hadn't. The Patriots hadn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter all season. And I fell asleep at like I don't know, halfway through the second quarter. Woke up and somehow, apparently, the Jets lose this game after they've been winning the whole time. Joe Flacco is the Jets quarterback, dude. It was. I would watch. I would catch up on The Bachelor. I'd watch every single season, and and I'd know I'd know I'd know The Bachelor's middle name before I ever watched that game again, dude. It was a disaster. Did you watch any of it? You know, I, I clicked on it and I was watching a little bit of it, and the game got out of hand in the first half. And uh, and in my mind, I was like, well, why do we have the Jets on Monday? The Jets should not be on. They should not be on Sunday through Sunday. They should not be on TV. <laughs> But they put them on primetime Monday, and what else I have to do? I'm sitting in my house, so I watch a little bit, and they're uh, they're destroying the Patriots, and somehow they they mismanage it, and the game was so out of hand when I was watching it in the beginning, and then I just clicked on to my my TV show Yellowstone, which I'm watching right now, and then I clicked back later, and I saw the guy make the field goal, and I just like typical Jets, and uh, just turned it off and laughed. Somehow I got suckered into doing uh, DraftKings, which, you know, I, we'll have to plug our DraftKings league here for the nine people that are going to watch this to join our league. Because, uh, I mean, it believe me, it's the easiest money you'll ever make based on my track record. Uh, dude, I just got blown out. Uh, I uh, Everybody I picked just hit a dud. And, I mean, like, I don't think I've come close to winning anything in DraftKings since the first week of the season. Uh, I've got to be down 500 bucks, which, I mean, look, it's like, you know, some people would probably lose that in a, in a game. But, yeah, dude, it's, it's – uh, Yeah, so I, I joined – I'm on DraftKings. We got a little uh, lobby going. Um, SHWW, everybody's welcome. Uh, and listen to me. I'll tell you one thing. If me and sleep win, then there's, it's an issue. It is an issue because uh, – my team got destroyed. Uh, I'm usually <laughs> yeah, he came in last. <laughs> my my fantasy football team has won. I'm pretty good at fantasy football, I won't lie. Uh, but when it comes to like these one day Sunday things, I get so excited. I don't know what to do. I overanalyze, and then I started looking at other people's teams, and I saw people were leaving. They were overpaying for a really good like Dalvin Cook. Yeah or Russell Wilson, and then they would leave a spot blank. And I think that's that might be the way – that might be my new strategy, like leave a defense or something that doesn't score a lot of points, uh, leave that blank, and then go big on, like, uh, these big-name guys. Yeah, it was funny because I looked early last night at who was in – I got in one of these, like, you know, million-dollar pools where you have a snowball's chance in hell of winning $5, much less a million. And early on in the first half, the dude that was in first place had both teams' defenses. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was pretty smart. Uh, meanwhile, my guys are fumbling the ball, and uh, I don't know – Did I don't even know if uh, Jameson Crowder – or what was his name – Crowder, I don't even know if he was even uh, in New York last night. It should, it should serve me better than to pick a fucking Duke receiver for my, <laughs> uh, for my DraftKings team. But anyway, one of the things we were thinking about, I was thinking about, is uh, DraftKings also has a contest for the Masters, uh, which is obviously this week. 
And I saw where Sergio's got COVID. He's not in. Um, I think the it's going to dump rain all weekend. It's just a classic disaster of I, I don't know, man. I don't know if this means that Shambo's going to win, which would be miserable because uh, you know the, the ball's not going to. Um, you're not. You're just going to carry it everywhere. Uh, or maybe maybe it opens the door for Tiger because uh, you know. The greens are going to be receptive. It'll be interesting. Who, who, would you, who would you want to win? Tiger, all day. Tiger, big Tiger guy. Big Tiger guy. Yeah. Um, I'd be cool with yeah, Justin Thomas, big. like Justin, like Webb Simpson. I uh, love Adam Scott. Like, I got a huge man crush on Adam Scott. One of the hottest dudes on tour, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that uh, was really weird. <laughs> I, uh, I would like to see Tiger in the running uh, just because, you know, Tiger does, like, if he has a good hole, the texts blow up Tiger's back. Tile, man, yeah. he's ready. And I just, for some weird reason, I love to see people get so excited. I mean, he has changed. I mean, this is a different subject, but, like, people have gravitated towards golf. That guy is what golf is. Like, MJ is to basketball is what Tiger is to golf, in my opinion. Uh, but I would like to see Tiger. I'd also like to see Phil. I always like Phil's uh, personality. I think he's funny. He makes me laugh. Um, but after golf and competitiveness, I really do like, uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, I love JT, man. Yeah. He's a great player. Great think, guy. Seems like, yeah, I think he competes. Um, I mean, me and sleep, we're avid golfers. Uh, like you said, I mean, we're not really into Augusta. Like you can give me the chance to play there. Maybe, maybe you'll catch yeah. me out there. Um, I, I mean, I would probably like, honestly, from the tournament tees back there, I've obviously never, I've never even been, never even walked the grounds. They act like it's the hardest place on the planet, but I just don't understand. Cause like all these guys get like the best lie. Like you get the ball in the pine trees and this dude's like, Oh, there's my ball. Somebody found it for me. And uh, what do you know? Like it's, it's propped up on this lush pine straw. I mean, I'm breaking 110 out there. I don't know if I'm tournament tees, uh, put me at the blue tees. Um, I break 110. I would have to get like I would have to get my confidence up and to break 110. I think I'd have to start off with the first. Uh, I would have to have two or three good holes in a row, and I think I would do well. You know, but, what, is, it, is it 18 where you just got to hit it down the pipe with the trees on both sides? I, I'm. Is it so? I don't. I haven't really studied Augusta. Is it long? How's the layout? I don't know, man. I can only imagine, like, dude. All I'm saying is. Is that hole where you just got to pipe it down the middle? And they always put it on TV, dude. It looks like you're hitting it down a hallway. I mean, my ball would rifle off one of those pine trees. So, and, and my ball never hits a tree and kicks into the fairway or anywhere I can find it. If my ball hits a tree, it is literally going three counties east, and it is never being heard from or seen again. Listen, if, if if I'm playing in that tournament and there's an audience, by the 18th hole, they're telling people, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> they're clearing the fairways. They're putting shields up. They're guarding the audience. They're having to sign waivers if they want to watch. They, I mean, my ball could be I – could, I could shoot that thing to pop it up. It would be on 18, a little like the front line of, the, of some 14th century war. Everybody just being knelt down with a, a wooden <laughs> shield just protecting the elves. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, machine gunning balls off to the side. I think um, I think it was Coach Williams. What's a famous par three hole? 
What number is that? Is that 12? I think, well, whatever. Yeah, the Azalea's an amen corner. I think it's I think it's 13. Gosh, this is probably bad. Like, we should really know more about it. Yeah, we should probably study up on this. We really do like golf. Yeah. Uh, but I think Coach Williams has played Augusta a few times. And I think he had a birdie putt or something like that and just putted it right off the green <laughs> and just had to pick his ball up for a triple or a double or whatever because it went right into – is either water or whatever. But – uh, I know I've heard him talk about it. Uh, it's obviously one of his favorite courses. I actually played Pine Valley uh, this um, this spring, which was uh, one of the best courses I've played yeah. uh, today. And I was pretty fortunate to do I think that. The best I've played, I played at TPC Tampa. I played at Sedgefield, which is in Greensboro. A lot of folks have played there. Um, I think those are the two two best places I played. The thing about TPC Tampa that was great and really Sedgefield too is like I was saying like I mean the courses are hard like you have to hit shots to certain places. It's not really when you when you suck like me it's like not you don't have to hit it distances like I mean if you're good obviously you're 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 hitting to certain spots. But like you go try to hit the ball up on the green you forget it dude. Like you got like a a, a tabletop to hit it on. Not to mention if you breathe on the ball it's just like like shooting marbles or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you always got a good lie. That's the part I don't understand is as good as these uh, golfers are. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, they people always say too, they like lean their shaft or whatever, you know, like a, a seven iron is like your five iron, which mm-hmm. I think is probably bullshit. I think they really do just hit the ball that far. Uh, but yeah, I always wonder. I'm like, dude, that's the my favorite part. Is like, so I'm watching a guy, and it's like, oh, is is a two thirty? It's a six iron, and you're like, what? But then, like later, you'll see them, and they're like one sixty, and it's like an eight iron, and you're like, okay, well, that's like, that's a little. Yeah, and here's the thing. I understand. And, and there's, it's hard to compare basketball with golf, um, but uh, as a professional athlete uh, and somebody who has played basketball. Sometimes people that are so good at a particular sport, they make things look easy. And I think when we watch these golfers and me and you golf a lot, and we'll have some good rounds. We've had some rounds in the eighties and uh, I've broken 80, I think. Oh yeah. Once or a couple times on occasion. And um, you know, they have these good rounds and, or they make shots look easy. And I think that's what these good golfers can do is they make things look so easy that we think we can go out there and duplicate that. And the amount of practice, the amount of practice balls they've hit on the range. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's comical to think that one of the best players at one of these clubs can just walk into one of these tournaments and dominate. It's uh, it's just, it's just crazy how good these guys are at golf. Once you go out and kind of play. Dude, yeah, one of the wildest things, I think my first real professional golf experience is I went to watch uh, the U.S. Open at Pinehurst in 2014, and it was on a Saturday. And I was blown away. I guess they had turned um, turned one of the holes right away from the clubhouse into the driving range. And obviously, it wasn't on number two, which is where they were they were playing the tournament. It was on one of the other courses. And, I mean, there was, like, flags out in the – you know, fairway or whatever. And these dudes are hitting fades and draws. And like, dude, literally you could walk out there with a hand pick 
and pick up all the balls because all these dudes are hitting balls. And I'm talking, you're 250, 60, 70 yards away, up, right up to like 50 yards out. I mean, they're all just hitting the balls in the same spot. And it was yeah. amazing watching those guys. You know, I played – well, you don't know this, but I played in a pro-am one time with uh, Peter Uline, and uh, who's a pretty good golfer. Uh, he's not – I mean, he's not – I don't think he's one of the top ten in the world right now. But, I mean, he's pretty damn good. And uh, – <laughs> Definitely not one of the top 10 in the world. I've never heard no, of him. I don't know where he is. I mean, he at one point, he may be top 50, 75. I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, still, yeah, but, no worries. And uh, so watching him and watching the way he approaches the game, it was, uh, you know, one thing about an athlete is sometimes I go in there, warm-ups or whatever. I like to watch people. I like to watch a routine. I like what to watch their thought process and everything like that. But he made like his mistakes. He made up for his mistakes so easy. And it was unbelievable. Like me and you, we shoot it in the woods, in the woods. We'll duff it maybe once or twice to get it out of the woods. I mean, you take this guy, I mean, he's off, he misses a fairway and that's like his woods for him. And so what he's doing is he's making up for these shots just, and you know, just things look so easy. And I was just like, man, this is unbelievable. And the swing and the smoothness and every, every golfer, I guess every athlete has something that they're really good at or something like that, that they can do. And I think for him, um, he was hitting like a driving iron or something like that. And so I would, I walked up to him. I was like, Hey man, what's your weight when you hit that driving iron? Because I can't hit my driver real well. I kind of throw it all over the place. He was telling me, oh, I put a, like a majority of my weight on my front foot, blah, blah, blah. And so it was cool to see interact with him and kind of get like his feel for the game and see how he approaches it and how easy he makes the game. What time does uh, Cam tee off? Listen, Cam's probably out at Finley's behind me right now. But Cam's probably out at Finley right now. I mean, you know what I do love is sometimes I'll look out my window. I've got a condo right above Finley. And uh, so sometimes I'll look out there and I'll see if Cam's playing. But I get no bigger smile when I look out my window and it's just pouring rain. And there's one damn golfer with this bag on his back and it's Cam. And I, I love watching our good buddy just get drilled with rain. And for him just to walk like it's normal nothing out. Just like, I, I just get so excited when I see that. Yeah. Um, the best was uh, one day Cam and I were playing. And so Tyler, for those of you, uh, you know, new to the show uh, or no, that has nothing to do with it. So Tyler lives on the, on the course and on the, what is it? 16, 17 T 17 T. So if he ever sees us out there and knows we're there, He'll come out on the patio and right at the top of your backswing, just yell something, right? And uh, <laughs> one of the funniest things is one day we were out there and we've got these two other guys that are like field hockey coaches or something at UNC. And I mean, they're, they're cool guys. Like they weren't super serious, but they were serious enough. And one of them was like a brand new coach. They had just gotten there. And uh, <laughs> I guess Tyler thought, <laughs> thought we knew him right at the top of this guy's backswing. Tyler just said, four. <laughs> that dude duffed it off his tee. And uh, we had to explain that away. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do some of my best work out there on the 17 tee because I mean, Tyler's just out there, you know, supporting me, unlike Cam, you know, we, as we've said many times on this show, um, you know, I would love to see Cam in the Masters, but I think if the role was reversed and say like, you know, I, I, I practice a little bit and, and, and uh, you know, 
I made the cut. I don't, I don't think – I think Cam would rather see anyone win but us. Yeah, and here's the deal. As I told Cam, I said, listen, Cam, if you ever on a slim limb ever make it to the – to any golf event, listen, so you're back. Yeah, you know, the whatever the, you know, some, something of significance. I'm not going to go hold your bag at the the Finley Championship course and yeah. run around look like a dumb-dumb. But, I, listen, put the bags on my back. I will caddy for you. I will be the biggest damn caddy out there. What's a guy in uh, Happy Gilmore with the big-ass uh, dude? Talking oh, no, oh, yeah, Chubbs? No, not Chubbs. You know, the big, big guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big white guy sitting back there. That will be me in the crowd for camp. <laughs> oh, that would not be me. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like we said, Cam's really good. Uh, I, think he, I, I think Cam genuinely believes. And, I mean, Cam's in his 30s now, right? I think Cam genuinely believes that he will play in the Masters before he dies. And listen, Cam's listening to this, and, oh, yeah. and I tell you what, I know he's smiling, and in his mind, he's like, "I can't wait to prove these guys wrong." Yeah, and you know what? We hope you do. If you do, I tell you what, Cam, we'll have you as a guest, and you can yeah. you can have your day. You can tell us how you did it. Uh, I mean, your stardom will be at an all time high. Or uh, you know, once you once you land this gig, but uh, yeah, man, good luck. Um, uh, you know, if, you, if you're listening out there, you know, let us know what time you're teeing off because we'll tune in. Like your hopes, uh, our man Alex Trebek has passed away, dude. Did you ever watch Jeopardy? Um, I did not. Um, my grandpa was a big uh, Jeopardy fan. And, you know, clicking through the channels, I would sometimes um, – I would I – would, I would watch a little bit of it. And, I feel like you probably weren't very good at Jeopardy. Yeah, let's just say, yeah. Then that's the reason I wasn't a very good, you know, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I was never invited on Jeopardy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I would watch Jeopardy and I would try to see if I knew an answer. Yeah. Like it's in the, in the ballpark. And uh, usually safe bet I didn't know. Dude, contrary to popular belief, all right, I'm a two-mile horn. Like, I'm a relatively smart person. Like, Jeopardy is insane. I'm convinced that what happens is you try out for the show, and, like, every other – like, the contestants get to, like, basically, like, create a profile of things that they're into, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and I think those are among the categories that are possible, right? Although, you know, because sometimes you get a category, like, one of the the great – clips that they were showing you know uh and i i got a couple uh trebek stories i'll share before or this is a point i'm getting to here but uh you know they would um they showed the 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 clips where they were doing they were uh going down like football terms and all three of the people there were just straight nerds Mm -hmm. and he's asking questions and they're just like nobody's ringing the bell at all right and he's just like dissing on these idiots because they don't know what like a a football helmet is and stuff right um but you know that was hilarious of course like the all-time classic clip was there was uh something about the rap genre and dude he was like speaking eloquently uh rap lyrics like designer it was like panda 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 <laughs> like doo-doo. who is designer he's like right next clue so um you know the thing about like my thing with jeopardy is like if you are ever t- if you ever tune into an episode 
and you actually do know quite a few. You always keep track of what you get right. That's that's the best part about playing at home. Is there's no penalty for like they say this country was such and such, and you're like Africa, and it's like that's not a country, and you just forget about the loss and move on to like the you know the thing you get right. You're like, hey, I got ten questions. Yeah, this is a self esteem boost, right? Uh, but the thing about Trebek that was really cool, man, is like it was. I think maybe part of it's 2020. You know, part of it is just like he's obviously had a very public battle with you know his pancreatic cancer. My grandmother died from cancer, and she used to watch the Wheel of Fortune. I think it's Jeopardy and then the Wheel of Fortune every single day, yeah. every day without fail. So I mean, I kind of grew up on the show, and it was like in the in the afternoon, like when I would go to her house and spend the day, like she'd watch The Price Is Right. So Bob Barker is my main man, but it was kind of kind of crazy, man. He's like one of the few people left that you feel like this dude died, but you knew him and you never met him before, you know. <laughs> And he was like a, a treasure, man. He was funny. He was intelligent. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, he just seemed like a really good dude. And, and in that sort of sphere, you know, he kind of reminded me a lot about, you know, he, people revered him like they revered Dean Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just like, this dude was a good guy. There's like no bad stories about him. Um, so it's a bummer, man, because it, it, what that inevitably means is a show like that is just, Nobody can replace it, so it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and you know, it's uh, you know, as somebody who wasn't a big time Jeopardy follower, you knew his signature voice, and you knew the ding, and you knew it's hard to associate Jeopardy with anybody else. I mean, that guy is the face of Jeopardy, and it, I think the show must go on, though. And that's one of my favorite sayings. Is is, is I'm not trying to make light of it. Uh, but it's too good of a show not to keep in the works. And uh, I think Trebek would definitely want that. And I think uh, he has brought a lot of joy to people's lives. And I know my grandpa was a huge follower. Uh, My girlfriend's cousin was actually on Jeopardy. So I do have some guys that, yeah, she's. check. Believe me. Runs in the family. uh, yeah, very smart family, uh, but uh, I, they probably feel a lot smarter after they talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I bet he had a hell of a fucking colonial pen life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't, that place deserved, they need to set the headquarters on fire, that place. The pitch yeah. man for the colonial pen life insurance. Um <laughs> One of the one of the best of all time. What else have we got going on? I think uh, I had I had uh, a couple other things here of note, but none of it seems very uh, significant here. But the other um, big thing is we got the COVID vaccine. That vaccine, Pfizer, that's or, right. Yeah, Pfizer probably one of it's my second favorite pharmaceutical company. Uh, they put some good products out there, and I think we're we associate them with some other things. They got one good one. Uh, yeah, they got one oh, that's real good effective one. that a lot of people know about. But you know, I'm glad to see they're helping the COVID. They're leading the COVID charge, and uh, you know, I He's think selling it two for one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it a package deal? <laughs> uh, Buy but, these $300 Viagra's and get a COVID shot free. Uh, COVID uh, shot was free. All jokes aside, I mean, this is a big, this is big for uh, selfishly, I would like to see sports return. I think we're all kind of like itching for something to get back to some normalcy. And I think this provides 
you know, if everything goes right, some light at the end of the tunnel. And I think, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing a second wave in this country and all throughout the whole world. As numbers rise, I think people are letting their guard down because they're getting uh, quarantine fatigue. And listen, if we can hold on and stay steady and know that there's hope, I think these numbers could drop and maybe we get back to normalcy anytime soon. Yeah, they're talking about having a vaccine out by the end of the month, which is crazy. It really makes you think like, you know um, – and I think people you know, are talking about how they won't take it because they don't trust it and this, that, and the other. There, there was that whole dialogue. I think at this point, people are like, man, it can't get much worse. Right? Is it going to kill me? What are the odds it kills me? If it doesn't, I'm taking it. You know? um, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be in line as soon as they offer it up because, you know, yeah, it's just uh, it's what we've been waiting on. From what I understand, it's like a year thing, right? So, like, the same way you get a flu shot, you know, I'd imagine it'll, it'll kind of go this route. But uh, it would be nice. Nice, man. It would be nice to, uh, I know that a lot of people don't want to go back to work, but, uh, yeah, not like they do want to go back to work, but they don't want to go back to work. You yeah. Know, so but. my girlfriend's actually a pharmacist. She studies this a lot. Well, she doesn't study vaccines, but she's in the industry kind of area and stuff like that. And so she was just telling me, you know, Hey, let's, let's be realistic. And a lot of these things, there's, there's some, there can be some delays and holdups and things like that. So, uh, you know, if we could just, you know, hang on, uh, not lose. Let's all not go. I mean, the holidays are going to be a tough one. So, you know, missing holidays uh, and not being able to go see family and fly in all the places, probably not a good idea. But uh, if we could just hang hope and just know that help is on the way. And also people don't, don't expect this vaccine to be readily available to the general population when it first hits. That's my understanding is the first people are going to get it are the first responders and the people who need it. So, you know, if you're young and healthy, hey, stay, keep the precautions and, you know, your time is coming, but not right now. Yeah. It's, just, it's still a serious issue, man. We, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel. I hope everybody just doesn't let their guard down because we've, we've come this far. And, I mean, God knows we've army crawled our way to this fucking point. But it <laughs> would be nice to get a, uh, you know, to get a, a ray of, uh, of hope to come through. And, and this sounds like it might be it. Um, I don't want to get into politics. We, we have made a conscious decision not to do that on our show. Um, but there's one thing, dude, that I just can't ignore, which is that, and this has nothing to do with political affiliation, but the word out there is, is when, when, um, when Giuliani set up this, this like presser, he thought they were doing it at the four seasons. And it turns out it was at this place called the four seasons, like lawn and garden. And someone made the decision that was like, all right, let's roll with it. And it turns out that this lawn and garden place is next to like an adult toy store and some other place, like a crematorium or wherever you go when you get cremated. And so like, the, I mean, I love the internet. There's like few things in the world that are better than the internet. I mean, I don't think there's anything better, but it has just been ablaze with just these like memes and stuff. And did you see this? It is, it is absolutely hilarious. And man, if, if it doesn't matter who was standing there, like I would be clowning anyone. It was just like, dude, how, how could that happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't see it, but, uh, <laughs> the one thing You're I standing in front of a garage door at a lawn and garden place that he thought was a four seasons hotel. 
You are right about the memes. Uh, Nevada is getting killed. Like you think you think of a place that has numbers and deals with more numbers than any other state. Like we got Vegas there. There's no more gambling that happens anywhere than Vegas. Numbers, everything you put. How in the hell are you taking this damn long? Like, come on, Nevada, what's up? And I'm looking through Instagram and I'm seeing every Nevada meme and I'm just dying in my mind. I'm like, man, they look like some dummies. Dude, my favorite are the Joe Biden tax plan memes. Have you seen those? It says if your pillow looks like this and it's got one of those pillows, it looks like someone's drooled on it for a decade. And it's like, if your pillow looks like this, do not worry about Joe Biden's tax plan. And (laughs) another one that says um, it's got like one of those like Tupperwares that someone's obviously put spaghetti in and reheated it in the microwave. It's like, if you have one of these in your possession, do not worry about Joe Biden's tax plan. Dude, the the internet never lets you down. (laughs) I mean, no matter what you're going through, um, if you're not into memes, like that's that's super suspect in my opinion. Uh, they keep me going, man. I wake up first yeah. thing I do is is look for the fresh ones and then and then send them to everybody I know. Yeah, you got to get the fresh ones before anyone else sees them, so you can get the the comedy, so you can take credit for the laugh. It's almost like your meme that you design. But if you get late and you send it late, that means hey, you know what? I'm the fourth or fifth person to send this person the same damn meme. And now it's like, oh, you're being annoying. Like, take a number. Like, I've already seen I'm this. I'm the distributor. Before. I'm like the meme dealer. Yeah. In my, in my circle, I'm the meme dealer. Um, anyway, I mean, look, we got the, the the heel schedule is out. I don't really – everybody always usually makes a big deal of, like, when the schedule comes out. It's like I, 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 I never really understood that. Um, okay, maybe there's a few teams that we're going to play that were a surprise or whatnot. Um, they're playing the Maui Invitational in Asheville. Um, that news broke 10 years ago. So, like, I, don't, I don't really give a shit who we play or where we play. Like, I'm just going to tune in when we play. Um, I think we're going to uh, – we came out 16 in the poll. Big Hawk thinks we're going to be uh, – you know, we're going to be better than that, and I appreciate that that input. Um, you know, I think we've got uh, – uh, Notre Dame beat Clemson, so we're still alive. You know, we beat Notre Dame. We beat Miami. Like, uh, State beat Miami, so we're definitely going to. Um, you know, things are looking up, man. I think there's a lot of uh, – a lot of positives, like for the first time, you know, maybe we're turning a corner here. So, um, yeah, I, and I will say this about the basketball team. Listen, people, uh, the Maui invitation being held in Nashville, listen, it's in North Carolina, short travel for the Tar Heels. Uh, you're not going across the country, then taking a long flight to Hawaii. Guys get to rest. So that is a good thing. And I look forward to watching that, you know, with the COVID crisis comes uh, – people's like it's not Maui sorry hey we're not going to the beach and jumping in the hot tub and chilling so uh you know things like that happen but the Tar Heels are going to be good okay listen they're competitive coach Williams is one of the most competitive people I know he's not he's going to push these guys he's going to make them better and we've got very talented freshmen that I'm very excited about and I think we're going to have a hell of a year uh, I wouldn't know I don't know football I just hope I mean I'm school pride. Hope we win. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Last thing I want to ask you, and then we'll get out of here, uh, about basketball. So one of the things I was thinking about the other day is, you know, you got this issue with, with limited crowd sizes and in most cases, like very little crowd sizes. Do you think that's an advantage for a young team like ours? Do you think that like, especially on road games, obviously at home, it's obviously a, usually an advantage, but, um, 
you know, I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know, we'll go on the road, maybe play a couple big conference games. If, you know, say this trickles into to conference schedule and, you know, does that, does that remove a layer of, of, of pressure of whatever it is that, that benefits a team like ours or is it irrelevant? No, it's very relevant. Uh, I just saw Duke announce they're not going to have any fans at their home games. I mean, Duke's one of the toughest places. It's probably, you know, you Duke and then you have uh, Kansas. I've never played at Kansas. Those two schools probably have the toughest home crowd to play at. You take that environment away, you take away that, that small um, – the small gym arena in um, Durham, Cameron, and you take the students and the environment out of there, I mean – I mean, you could have the game at the YMCA. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, is that going to help us? Absolutely, it's going to help us. Is it going to take away from, like, you know, part of the rivalry and the fun experience? Absolutely. But I think it gives these young guys that haven't played in that atmosphere an advantage. But the one thing I will say is playing on the road is playing on the road. Yeah. You're not sleeping in your bed. You travel the night before. Your routine's off a little bit. And that can have an effect, especially for young players who haven't done that. I was at Castle Fieldhouse Coliseum, Cassell, whatever they call it at Virginia Tech. When you guys, you were on the team, I think, when, when UNC was number one and Tech beat us. I feel Ooh. like, at the, yeah, dude, even games like that, where and Maryland is a is a is a well Maryland's obviously not in the ACC anymore but I was at you know uh, I was there when I think Maryland beat us in a blizzard but like even some of those games like Castle Fieldhouse or again whatever they call it look uh, like a greenhouse but I mean those those fans it's it's a, it's a, uh, especially when the team is is pretty good like man you can go to these places and and it can really catch you by surprise and so kind of what I'm hoping I can't remember if if we play Duke at home in the last game or if we play them on the road. But, you know, I'm almost hoping that, hey, maybe by towards – this could be like a perfect storm of us getting sort of our um, – you know, getting our sea legs, so to speak, as as they start letting people back in and we build some confidence. And, yeah. and man, it could really uh, – it could really benefit us in a weird way. And, and uh, you know, we got nowhere to go but up, that's for sure. Yeah, listen, people, if you're expecting to go see uh, a college basketball game in person, don't even – don't try – don't even get that mindset. Just go ahead and I, I can almost guarantee you there's not going to be people in the crowds this year. But I will say one thing um, is uh, the toughest places to play when I was a player at UNC, Florida State, Maryland, uh, Virginia, their old arena, the new one is much easier. It's much more spread out uh, corporate. Um then Cameron was tough. Um, that's in the ACC. You take the ACC out. Uh, Kentucky was tough. Yep. Didn't play uh, at Kansas. Heard that one's very tough. But, you know, we for a long period of time, we were the, the college basketball team to beat. Mm-hmm. And so when you pulled up into a Virginia Tech in that small arena, that place was pumping. Yeah. You had cowbells. You had people ready to storm the, storm the floor. They wanted blood. Dude. And so uh, I remember the rivalries – and obviously I was, you know, people, you know, being one of the premier players, people said, you know, anything to me. I've heard it all. Uh, laugh about it. Uh, Maryland was tough. Uh, state could say anything. They're, the state beat us one time. I think it was my freshman year or my sophomore year. Never lost a state at state since. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I always got to say one thing. If 
Fuck state. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say that. I've never liked state. They've never had my respect. Some of the things they said to us were disrespectful yeah. and hurtful. We tried to come at you hurtful. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, those would be the toughest places to play for me. Yeah. And I was going to say the same thing. Like we used to go to games at state and, and another one of our friends, shout out to uh, our buddy, Russell Dean. Uh, we used to go, Russell and I went to a couple games at state after like we graduated college and I'll never forget like the last time I, um, I asked for, this has been five, six, seven years ago. I was like, Russell, you want to go, you know, to the state game at state. And he was like, nah, man, I'm too old to get in a fist fight. And it was, it was apropos, right? Because you go there and like all those people want to do is just be asshole. And I've got, Mm -hmm. I've got very close friends that are very avid state fans. And I am, I, I sympathize with them for the struggle. And I, I, I honestly, in the way I respect my friends, the, these, these folks for their allegiance to a team that fucking sucks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, man, in general, it's like, I, I, I will never understand the level of um, just sheer disregard for reality. Uh, there's one other group of people that I relate that to. We're not going there. But, yeah, State Man is, is uh, a non-starter for me. We're going to demolish them. I think we even beat them last year, didn't we? I mean, we're fucking terrible, and they could Yeah, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's always a great day when you beat State, which is pretty common. Yeah, but, if it uh, ends in Y, chances are we're going to beat them. Well, team, Sleephawk Worldwide, all right, here we, here's what we got going on. Uh, we got two fucking followers on Instagram, and one of them are on, uh, on Twitter. One of them's me. That's unacceptable. Uh, uh, our, our, our Instagram has been slacking with content mainly because, you know, we have, uh, we're busy guys here. We're just getting a pod up here, so make sure you follow us over there. Um, and then our uh, DraftKings, that's what we're going we're gonna to really start pumping that here come this Sunday. Uh, hopefully, I figure out how to edit whatever it is we got going hopefully all this shit worked yeah. I mean, it'll be a miracle if anyone sees this but you know appreciate the, uh, the 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 allegiance so far we're trying to get better we haven't heard from anybody about what would make this better so either that's a good thing or you guys just don't give a fuck about us so hopefully it's the former and uh but anyway you know we're gonna we're, we're signing off this week we're gonna watch the bachelorette we're gonna take notes we're gonna watch some sports and we're gonna come back next week better than ever and we'll see you then